<clears throat> Hello, and welcome to What is Written, the podcast about storytelling where we talk about movies, books, probably not books, but movies and TV shows, and what makes them compelling stories. And my name is Daniel. You probably know me. I'm Carter. Sorry, I'm Carter. <laughs> we may be in the South, but please. I guess you could have a Southern accent if you want, but it's like if someone has a Southern accent, I don't mind hearing it, but I hate fake Southern accents. Yeah, it's just, reason. yeah. But anyway, Carter, you want to tell people about this terrible movie that you picked this week? Yo, this movie is literally, like, one of the best. It's one of my favorite movies. It's very surreal and very difficult to watch, but it's, like, so... It's... I... In case you guys didn't know, Carter's middle name is Existential Crisis. (laughs) It's actually surrealism. It's my whole hobby. Uh, Well, I don't... I don't know. The movie might... I don't think it's existential. I don't think it's surreal. I think it it's very like expressionistic. But anyway, the movie is Blue Velvet. Uh it's directed by David Lynch. Came out in 1986. 1986 and stars Kyle McLaughlin, Isabella Rossini, Dennis Hopper, and Laura Dern and then some minor characters, but those are know. like the four main people. Yeah, it's a uh... <laughs> Daniel really hates this movie, and to be honest, it is fucking I don't know. Weird. I don't know about, like, really hate, but it's, like, it might be at the point where I really hate it. Like, it's strong I'm trying dislike. To, there's some good things about it, but there's just too much not good things about oh, it. Oh, man. This movie gets gonna, me excited. If I was going to rate it, I would rate it 3 out of 10. I would give it, like, probably, right now, probably an 8 out of 10. I think I'm, like, way too hype on it. Personally, but that's just because I really enjoy things that I don't understand because it gives me a chance to like try and figure out like what the freaking heck is going on And I'm just like yeah, like that's that's my shit, you know But anyway, this movie was directed by David Lynch. You might know him for the movie Dune or um, Twin Peaks Which kind of like pretty popular on Netflix. I hear a lot of my friends talking about that I've never seen any of his other work and I Eraserhead, Mulholland Drive yeah, I haven't seen any of his other films, but... I probably won't watch it, but Carter might pick another one. We'll have to, have to suffer through it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, they are so anyway, weird. Tell us about this movie, Carter. Uh, this movie is about a guy named Jeffrey Beaumont. And Jeffrey, uh, the basic, like, the whole, I guess you would say the inciting incident, is Jeffrey comes back to this small town. It's set in, like, the 50s, so... He comes back to this small town because his dad suffers from a heart attack and he's stroke. a stroke and uh, he's he uh, almost dies. So, you know, Jeffrey is like, hey, I got to go see my dad. But he ends up he's kind of like ambling around sort of trying to figure out what he wants to do. And he's throwing rocks in like this field and he finds this ear and he bags it up and he brings it. To it's the a human ear. Yeah, a human ear severed severed human air he finds it puts it in a paper bag brings it to the detective police station and he says like hey i found this ear uh yeah and from here on there are going to be spoilers about everything th- yeah about everything just so you know if you want to watch the movie i if you if you want to watch the movie you can but like maybe just so just... you know we need to give you a warning here this movie is very disturbing like yeah. i i have a pretty high tolerance for that kind of content and i almost shut it off because of how like yeah 
it's there is a rape scene there is um a lot of just like disturbing imagery it starts out like with a bunch of cockroaches like crawling oh over each no other, one of the main like, things it's really unsettling yeah unsettling like it's ugh. so it's, it's also i would also call it disturbing and a lot of there's quite yeah. a bit of nudity in it like yeah and it's not very comfortable nudity so if like most of the time it's like it's easier to brush off like short of like shallow sexual stuff but it's well, like it's it gets just like to this weird place and you're like what the hell is going on yeah, there's a combination of over overly sexual nudity <clears throat> as well as like disturbing nudity yeah like we talked about in blade runner like when that woman got cut it was like it was like it wasn't like disturbing because she was naked but it also like i don't know you see somebody naked and like it just the situation's feels, almost worse if you're naked. Yeah, because it's more raw. You're like if more you're getting, vulnerable. Like, if you're getting... I'd rather... I'd, like, getting the crap beat out of me, like, sounds, like, pretty bad. But getting the crap beat out of me, like, while I'm naked sounds, like, a, probably 20 times worse. Yeah. But anyway, but, Carter, give us some more info on the plot. All right. So he finds this ear, brings it to the detective station, and then from then on, he, uh... Basically, he gets interested in this case because he's, like... Well, uh, curious, I guess would be the word, but curious in sort of like almost a bad way. But anyway, so he goes to the detective's daughter's or to the detective's house and he like sort of talks to talks to his daughter. Her name is Sandy. So Jeffrey goes to Sandy's house and he's like, hey, do you know anything about the case? Like, I'm very curious. Well, Sandy actually approaches him. Oh, if you remember, he goes to the name of the detective is Detective Williams. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't look up who's played by. I'm sorry. But as he's leaving the house, Sandy comes up to him and says, hey, are you the kid that found the ear? And then they start like... Yeah, and then uh, basically like Sandy's like... Or Sandy says... <laughs> sorry. But, Sandy be like... <laughs> yo, Sandy be like... Yo. Uh, anyway, Sandy says that... That uh, her father, Detective Williams, has been working on this case. And... Uh, Jeffrey's like, ooh, what's going on? So Sandy says, I'll take you over to the apartment where, like, most of the stuff is going on because it involves this woman, Dorothy Valance, who is a singer in a nightclub. And she's played by Isabella Rossellini. She did a great, she did a fantastic job acting in this movie, honestly. Like, the Mm. amount of stuff she actually went through makes me wish it was a better movie because it takes a lot for an actress to, like, get out there and, like, play this kind of part where you're naked and... Like, yeah, like... Yeah, I mean, she really does get naked, like, literally, but also, like, kind of emotionally in this, like, weird way. And, but anyway, so they go to this apartment, Jeffrey stakes out, or they look at it, and he's like, oh, like, what's going on? Like, and then they both leave, but Jeffrey, he starts to hatch this plan where he wants to go inside. And so the next day, he basically tells Laura, or Sandy, that... He wants to go inside. He wants to sort of, like, get the keys in and, like, break in so he can, like, investigate a little bit more and see, like, ooh, maybe I can figure out what this ear is from. So, and Laura's kind of like, no, we shouldn't do this. But uh, Jeffrey pushes her to go with him. And so basically what he does is he steals from his, like, his workplace. He, or not steals, but he borrows some pesticide equipment and like overalls and he goes up to dorothy valen's house or apartment with the intention of being like hey i'm here to do some pest control and 
So she lets him in, Dorothy does. And Laura sits outside in the car, and she's going to be like a Mormon lady. And so Jeffrey goes inside Dorothy. She's supposed to be a distraction. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah, so uh, Jeffrey can, like, shim a window and, like, keep it open. But anyway, so Jeffrey goes in as a pest guy. Dorothy's kind of, like, waiting around, like, oh, okay. Just, like, waiting for him to do his thing. And then another guy comes in. He's kind of like a large, round guy. You find out later he's a detective, but he's wearing like a yellow coat. And he distracts Dorothy from Jeffrey doing pesticide work. And so then Jeffrey just, he finds a pair of keys and grabs it, sticks it in his pocket. And then he like, as soon as the the rounder guy in the yellow jacket leaves, like Jeffrey sort of finishes up and he goes away. And, and then like he goes back into the car and yeah. Uh, what happens next? <laughs> All right, so Jeffrey hatches this plan to sneak in the next night. Well, first they go and they stake out. He asks, he asks Sandy, hey, where does Dorothy Valens work at? She's like, oh, I know, it's the slow club. And they go and they go to the slow club and they see her sing this song, Blue Velvet, Blue Velvet roll credits. And Yo. it's it's this weird song. It's like I like we said. It's set in the fifties, so it's kind of got that like. It's kind of like, like jazzy, but slow. Not, not jazz. It's like no? it's like doo wop almost. Like yeah, like yeah. just that. It's fifty style. It's kind of hard to describe. It's like um like a. Who is it? I know his name. Run around Dion. Have you ever listened to Dion? Like run around Sue and like that mm-hmm. type of thing. But they go there and they. Watch her show, and they leave early and go to her apartment complex. And Jeffrey sneaks into the apartment. The keys work. And Sandy was supposed to give a signal for when Dorothy. They leave Sandy in the car, and Sandy was supposed to give a signal for when Dorothy gets home. But Jeffrey was in the bathroom and he didn't hear it. So as he's in the room, in the main living room, the door opens and the lights come on, but he kind of freaks out and he just jumps into this closet really quickly. Like, it's not the best hiding place, but, like, whatever it'll do. And then she comes in and starts undressing. And then... Carter can describe this next scene because I absolutely hate this movie and it was absolutely disturbing and I wanted to shut it off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, so, Dorothy starts undressing. She gets a phone call. She picks it up and she says, like, can I see my son talking to, like, uh, Frank. Frank. To this guy, Frank. And, like, you find out more about Frank later. But anyway, she talks to this guy and she sort of, like, goes through this conversation, like, hey, I love you. And she sounds, like, really desperate. And then she walks down the hallway, goes to, like, and this is all in, like, she's in, like, just a bra and panties. And it's, like, but she walks down the hallway, goes to the laundry, and, like, she almost opens. Or no, wait, that's actually before. But anyway. Doesn't matter. She goes to like do her laundry. Jeffrey accidentally makes a sound. So then Dorothy's attention is shifted over to the closet where he's hiding. And so she grabs a knife and then opens up the opens up the the closet and then is like, What are you doing? What are you doing in my house? What is your name? And like Jeffrey's all freaked out. He's like, what? oh, shit. Like, I, I got found out. Like, I am totally screwed now. And he's like, I just wanted to see you. Like, I saw you singing at the club because, you know, he doesn't want to be like, oh, I'm trying to investigate this ear that I found because that's that would only make things worse for him. But anyway, 
So Jeffrey is like, you know, here's who I am. Dorothy is like, who are you? Or Jeffrey is like, here's what I'm doing. And then Dorothy says, like, who are you? And he says, I'm Jeffrey. And she's like, what's your last name? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. And so she, like, pokes at him at his cheek with the knife. It's kind of funny because she, like, like the actor, Isabella Rossellini, she, like, gives does a whole, like, it looks like a full-on jab, like, whole yeah. elbow going into his face. But really, it, they just make up Don, like, a little pinprick. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, whatever. All right, I'll look past it. Like, it's not very good, but... Yeah, like, the cut seems like it should have been way deeper, but I was also like, okay, you can't kill him and, like, you know, get him too deep in this. Otherwise, it's like, I feel like it would ruin the plot. That's kind of like, that's a weird thing, I think, that goes throughout the whole movie, where it's like, the plot holes are very strong in this movie. Yes, they are. And a lot of, like, really weird, unresolved sequences, but anyway. Yeah, it feels like the movie's less of a cohesive whole and more about, like, so what happens after Jeffrey gets stabbed well, with a knife? Well, let me tell you. So Jeffrey says he won, He saw Dorothy undressed, and Dorothy says, well, now you get undressed. Like, you violated me, I'm going to violate you. Also, Dorothy does not believe that he just came in because he's a peeping Tom. She says, who sent you? And is, like, re- acting really, like, mysterious about, like... Yeah, like, she feels like there's something bigger going on. And, and she specifically asks how much he saw. And he leaves out the fact that he heard the phone call from Frank yeah. involving her husband, where she asks, can I see Donnie? And yeah. we're like, who's Donnie? Yeah. Uh, what happens next? Anyway. You know what happens next. I know what happens next. It's just like, I get so focused in on the moment that I'm like, mm, I just want to like you just, I pick apart you think about this literally scene. You think about this scene a lot, don't you, Carter? You know what? Maybe I do, but that's because it's a seminal moment. No. Uh, Did you just describe it as seminal? No. But anyway, so Dorothy says, take off your clothes. Jeffrey starts undressing, just like shaking with fear. He's like, what the heck is going on? And then Dorothy gets down on her knees while Jeffrey is standing up in his boxers and says, come closer, come closer. And like Dorothy says, come closer, not Jeffrey. Yeah, Dorothy. And so he like slowly inches closer, like a little bit. And then she's like, what do you want? I think is what she says. And then he's like, I don't know. And he's like very afraid. So she, like, takes Again, off... everything's his... worse when you're naked. Like, being held at knife point is way worse when you're naked. Oh, yeah. Like, she takes off his boxers, and, like, there's this weird... I I guess it's sort of, like... She blows him. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like, every... I mean, Palacio. like... Like, we know what yeah. it is. I dance around it. This movie is not it's... unapologetic. In okay, its fine! <laughs> anyway. So... <laughs> She blows him, but she's also, like, giving these, like, weird caresses around his hips and, like, kissing him. Okay, you don't need to, like, describe it. I don't know. But anyway, like, after a while, like, she moves him over to her couch and she, like, straddles him. And, like, I don't know. She, I I don't understand, like, and during what the scene, And during the scene doing. where she's, like, performing some favors for him, he, he touches her and she says, Don't touch me! And, like, holds up the knife to his throat and is like... I'm gonna, I'll kill you. And then she says, do you like that talk? And then Jeffrey's like, what? Oh. And you kind of yeah. get this insight into a character. It's like, oh, she's a, in the she's kind of like a thing. sadist. Like, yeah, like a, not, a, not a sadist. Well, She's abusive? No, I think, well, you find out later she's a masochist. 
So she, a sadist enjoys inflicting pain, a masochist enjoys receiving pain. Yeah. And I think she just assumes, since she's a masochist, that other people enjoy that too. You know, like the whole do unto others is well, you I feel like them she's, do unto you. She's just constantly being inflicted with pain. So it's like something that she's almost grown dependent on in like a weird way, if that makes sense. It's sort of like how you just get, it's like Stockholm Syndrome almost. Mm-hmm. You get used to it and then you start to love it in like this weird way. And it's like, ugh. But <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, it was disgusting. The whole movie is really a shit show, but it's so much fun to watch, in my opinion. But anyway, so he moves him over to the couch. Frank knocks on the door, and Dorothy says, "Go hide in the go hide in the closet." To Jeffrey, and Jeffrey is like, "Okay," and she's like, "Don't say anything. Don't let him know you're here." And so then he goes hiding in the closet. Dorothy opens the door. Frank comes in, and he's like. What the fuck? What are you doing? Where's my bourbon, you dumb bitch? And he's like, yeah. Uh, so then Dorothy gets him some bourbon, and he starts drinking. And then... And we forgot to mention that, like, between somewhere along the way, she actually reaches into the closet and puts on a, a blue velvet robe. Yes. Roll credits. Roll credits. <laughs> so many direct references to the title. But, uh, yeah, so then Frank comes in... And after drinking, he, like, he says, is that when he says, and then it, it was dark? Yeah. Now it's dark. He makes her turn off the lights and light some candles. Set the mood for the rave scene, you know. <laughs> Don't spoil it. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah. He basically, he has this weird face mask thing that he, like, breathes it's like into. A, it's like an oxygen mask. Yeah, yeah. Or like a sleep app sort And of he thing. pulls it up to his face and he goes... <sighs> And he breathes, like, very heavily into it for, like, a few seconds. And then he just gets this weird look in his eyes. And he's like, Daddy wants to fuck. And he tells Dorothy to, like, she sits down on this chair in sort of the middle of the living room while he's on the couch. And he says, like, spread your legs. Like, spread them wider. And then he moves his face, like, right up close to her crotch. And he's like. He starts talking to it. Yeah, he and says he, and he, and he, it's like this weird like role play. I just, I hate describing this scene honestly. It's I, just it's just disgusting. I don't and, like, either. And I depraved think and symbolically gross. it very like I wouldn't say it hits close to home <laughs> because it oh doesn't, my. but it like it hits a Carter. strong point of like symbology or symbolism, sorry. But anyway, so Basically, he starts talking into her We don't have to get into crotch. details, but basically, it just turns into this really, really No, weird... okay, but he, what he says is important, because he's like, mommy, like, in that voice. He says, mommy. And, and... I don't even want to, like, reenact the weird noises okay. he makes, but there's a lot of breathing, and it's raspy, and it's like... Yeah, Dennis Hopper is a fantastic actor in this movie. I mean, He's it's... the guy who plays Frank. Yeah, Dennis Hopper plays mm, Frank. He's so good. But anyway, so basically, he starts talking into her, and she looks at him, and he's like, don't fucking look at me, and he, like, he smacks her. He put, it's like a full-on punch. Yeah, he punches her in the face, and she sort of goes woozy, and, like, sort of, like, her head hangs back for a bit, but she's not, like, unconscious. She's just dazed. But anyway, so then, eventually, or not eventually, but after that weird scene, he, like, stuffs the blue velvet, the sort of, like, waistband. It clearly has robe. some sort of, like, fetish for blue velvet. Yeah, like, it's... And he gags her with it. Yeah. Well, first he gags himself, and he sort of, like, sucks on it. He's like, mommy, mommy. Oh, my... <laughs> and then he 
pushes her onto the floor and sort of like holds her down and he like he rapes her yeah with his pants on first he sticks blue velvet into both their mouths and then it's it's a really weird scene where like he keeps his pants on and does the dirty deed for about like three seconds (laughs) and it's really (laughs) weird like as asthmatic like furious yeah it's dog humping her leg spasmodic like like, more than like natural and it's it's just disturbing in every way. Like you feel dirty watching this movie. I feel dirty talking about it. I don't even want to put. Oh, I don't. I hate yeah, this. it's it it is actually like a difficult movie to watch. But that's why. I Mostly just this scene. After yeah. this scene, it's not like if you can get through this, like you, you could might probably as well make finish it, the movie. But yeah. if if this is too rough for you, turn it off. If us describing, like I do not recommend watching this movie. And I'm going to talk about, we're talking about why this movie is bad. Or at least I am. <laughs> I'm talking about what I enjoy about this movie, which is actually like a surprisingly large amount, which like, I don't know if I should feel good about that. But anyway, <laughs> so he, uh, after Frank rapes Dorothy, he sort of like gets off her and then like Frank leaves and then Jeffrey pops out of the... His party, Frank's parting words are, stay alive, baby. Do it for Van Gogh. And obviously Van Gogh is a reference to the guy missing the ear. Yeah, for her... The guy missing the ear is Dorothy's husband, who Frank has sort of, like, kidnapped and... Along kept, with their child. Along with their child. He's sort of, like, holding... I'm not sure what he's getting from Dorothy. The The rape? Or, like... Oh, the sexual favors? Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Obviously. Ugh. Yeah. I... Hmm. That's disgusting. Yes! <laughs> yes, it yeah, is! Yeah, but I didn't know. That was, I How did you not... What? Because I expected it to be something else. Why would you kidnap somebody and then rape Well, if you them? have some weird, like, rape blue velvet fetish, you're not going to be like... Be somebody like on Tinder, like, hey, uh, what, do you, what do you think about Blue Velvet? Like, uh, swipe right if you. Uh, I don't know. I just feel well, like. Why would you call you daddy? I just always weird... expect people to handle their obsessions better. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I believe in a better world. <laughs> but you believe movie. better of Frank? I don't know. I like Frank. You like Frank? I don't like Frank's I'm actions. Gonna, I'm going to read you some quotes. I wrote down some Frank quotes throughout this movie. At one point, he says. They're they're to- doing a toast and it's like to Frank and everyone's like to Frank and he's like I think the yeah. exact words are like ah oh, fuck drinking to Frank let's drink to fucking <laughs> and then and then about ten seconds later after he drinks and then huffs some more of the stuff he's like I'll fuck anything that moves you are a dumb fuck <laughs> you fuck how the shit are you. <laughs> This See, is just it's just you not, don't hear dialogue like that anywhere else so Frank is because a it's totally unoriginal character How the shit are you that's like it's beautiful that's language baby that's high school that's motion that's like half of high school students I know, but like they just can't control themselves. I guess that. See, I guess that's, that's kind what of the I point. like. It's very uncontrolled. Like he is a chaotic. He is a wild card, but he knows who he is, and, and his performance is very good. Like, yeah, like if it, they're going for crazy, obviously, and he nailed it. He is crazy, but he's like he's a very directed aggression. Like, really, you don't think? No, so? he's not direct. The whole point is that okay. So when he says at some point in the movie, Frank confronts Jeffrey. Because Jeffrey, well, we should just explain the movie. Just keep going, Cardi. Okay. So after this rape scene, uh, Jeffrey comforts Dorothy, and they sort of like make out, and like Dorothy is like, "Touch my breast, Jeffrey," 
<laughs> why do you just why do you, they just they, you describe things too much so they start I know, she, I know. she initiates sexually and and he's kind of into it but at the same time she's like hit me and he, it's a whole weird situation where he probably like is feeling some feelings right now just because that's what you do when you are with a naked woman yeah but also he feels conflicted because obviously she's in this terrible situation where this guy is holding her ha- husband and child hostage and she also wants her to beat him mm-hmm. no him to beat her excuse yeah. me and so he feels a little weird about it and then he just leaves the apartment and then the next day he calls up sandy and is like all right this is what happened and sandy's with her boyfriend mike by the way she has a boyfriend mike who does not she doesn't really know about her and jeffrey jeffrey yeah sandy but. and jeffrey are like mm. They're in that weird stage. Yeah, where they're like, the they're hanging out together alone, but like, Sandy's still dating this guy, and she's like, oh, I, I don't want to hurt Mike's feelings. But then it's like, why are you doing this? And like, Jeffrey's sort of like pulling her into this weird, like, mystery thing. And it's like, Jeffrey, what are you doing? Like, you can't. Well, it's obviously what, obvious what Jeffrey wants. I see, it's obvious, but he's so like, he acts like he's doing the right thing, but he's like, kind of full of shit. But anyway. He explains the whole situation to Sandy, and Sandy's like, actually, they meet in this car in front of this church. Mm-hmm. And he explains the situation. I love, I love the phrase that he says right here. He says, it's a crazy world, Sandy. Or is that what he says? Yeah, he's sort of like, why is there bad people in the world? Yeah, and then Sandy does this really... She, has, she describes like a dream, and she's like, all these robins were coming out, and like the robins mm-hmm. represent... Or, she says, I had a dream that actually the night I met you... The world was darkness, but robins were the cure, and the robins rem- represented love. Yeah, and it's sort and of like we were everything all became really bright. Once the robins came, but we have to wait for the robins. Yeah. And it was this really, really, like... It was kind of, like, cheesy. It was really cheesy. It was really... You can tell that a lot of the things in this movie, they kind of, like, over-explain just to be like, hey, did you get it? Did you get yeah, it? Yeah, it's sort did of like this it? overt, like, expression of, like, here's what's going on but not even like what's going on it's sort of like the like it's like hey this is the theme of the movie and then at the end they show a robin and they have probably like four different shots of this robin like not even like not four different shots four different sequences around the robin and each time like hey do you think it's the robins hey it's light outside and there's robins hey guys hey robins robins and it's just like they just shove this like narrative down your throat it's like dude i get it like you don't have to like yeah put neon signs and a billboard out there just kind of like kind of draw i don't know i don't like things over explained but i guess maybe some people don't get it like without some subtlety but i just i don't know i feel like it's trying to like say yes that's the point but then also like trying to make a larger point about the people who say that kind of thing and who are like the robins it's like it's trying it feels like it's trying way more to talk about the people who are doing these things rather than the things that those people are talking about it's sort of like Jeffrey's whole weird thing with the seedy underbelly isn't the point. Jeffrey himself is the point. Laura or Sandy's whole thing with the Robins in love is not the point. It's Sandy herself that is the point. That's sort of like where the difference. That's why I think this movie is really good is because. Then why don't they characterize the characters more? Because the characters aren't important. I mean, okay. Okay, the characters aren't... See, that's... Carter hit the nail on the head right here. This is why this movie is not good. The characters oh. aren't important. That's you why... You don't care about them. They're all flat. There's no backstory. There's barely... There's no... 
But see, I feel no like no one changes in this movie. There is absolutely okay. no story. It's a hundred percent. I think. Let me. Okay. Sorry. Let me finish. Sorry. Is the reason like Jeffrey Beaumont reminds me a lot of Ben from The Graduate in a way. He's this college student that doesn't really know what he's doing with his life and. He literally has no reason for doing anything that he ever does in the movie. He's just aimless, which mm-hmm. is where Frank, like, he, Frank at some point in the movie says, we're the same, because Frank is the same. He just does whatever he wants, but he just wants darker things. Yeah. Jeffrey is basically like, I want to get involved in a mystery, like, have some fun in my, like, little boring life. And he's like, ooh, this Sandy Williams girl, like, she's dating Mike, but we're going to, like, get close. And But then he's also like, Dorothy, ooh, this... Guy exactly. got his ear cut off. And exactly. And he's like all over the place, which I guess it's like kind of relatable. If you're a college student, you have no idea what you're doing and you see a woman get raped and then you're like, well, maybe I can get involved with her. It's just, ah. Yeah. Well, I, okay. So what I think would be different, the, what I would say is the difference between why my opinion differs from yours is I like, it feels like each of the characters and like the scenes and the shots, it's more like trying to paint a picture of an idea rather than like, trying to like tell a, like a real story it's like it is very flat nothing changes but that almost feels like the point because it's like we're just tr- he's just trying to talk about this kind of life he's not trying to say like here's what's good or bad here's what's real or fake he's trying to say like here's what it is like just simple like painting a picture but not saying anything about the actual meaning of the picture it's very much like uh I don't know, I, to make an obscure reference, like, to Underworld by Don DeLillo, which is, like, this, yeah. Anyway, man, that's, like, the best analog I have, and that's something nobody knows, so, yeah. But I would say, for me, what I like about it is, again, like, the characters are different colors of paint, and the shots are, like, brush strokes, and it's just, like, here's what it's, like, about, and what it's about is sort of like this weird spectatorship that I think we all participate in when we watch movies. And like the idea of like Jeffrey is kind of a pervert and he gets like curious and interested, but it's like this really sick he's, thing. He, yeah, he's like a pervert, but not only in a sexual way, like in a like he wants these like dark things, but he's like he just he thinks it's like normal. And then like he does. OK, do you want to like try and explain the plot more? We can move on with the plot a little bit more. But that's basically our takeaway from this movie is Carter thinks it's good and I think well, here's a funny thing, is like I don't know. It's not a good story. Like you you'll say yourself it's not a good story, right? Yeah, yeah, I I It's give not you a that. good story. And no. it's not really a good plot either. No. But the movements and how I like the way that it's told. It's so strange and like discomforting that it makes me feel like Almost more alive. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Because, like, oftentimes, like, you go through life sort of, like, trudging, and it's, like, nothing really strikes you. But that's a movie that, like, always strikes me, and I'm always like, what the hell is going on? Like, I don't get any of this. And it's, like, I guess if your goal is to be confused and disgusted, this is the movie for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, yeah. That's what it is. That's I actually really enjoy that in life, and maybe I'm a terrible person. (laughs) You're not a terrible person. It's just it's just funny, and I like hassling you for it because oh, yeah. you, you find I don't know you're a funny guy. You find like you love things that make you uncomfortable. Yeah, like well, that one shirt. He has this shirt that says, um, "What does it say?" Uh, the story is only about you, 
or death is only the end if you assume the story is about you. And why did you buy that shirt? I just felt like this weird dread when I saw it. I was like, oh, maybe I'm not the center of the universe and I'm very insignificant. Carter loves dread. Uh, if you love dread, watch this movie. Yeah. I mean, I am reading Fear and Trembling by Soren Kierkegaard, which is like all about... Anyway, this is a very large tangent. A little bit about yeah. Carter. Yeah. So where are we at? I don't even know where we're at in the story. He explains the whole situation to Sandy. Sandy's like, you're in too deep. And he's like, yeah, but we're having fun, right? Yeah. And he ends up following. He goes back to the nightclub and Frank is there sucking on Blue Velvet while she's singing Blue Velvet. And it's like, all right, whatever. He ends up following Frank and his friends to this old abandoned factory. The next day, he sets up a stakeout, takes some pictures of these suspicious men. One of them is the round guy. I don't, he's not actually Detective like, Gordon is his name Carter described him like freaking Humpty Dumpty he's just, he's <laughs> he just was pretty round he's pretty he's rotund a, a circle is round he's fat he's fat but fat does not mean round okay so anyway, Gordon and there's a yeah the round man is there we'll just call him the round man because at this point <laughs> it is what it is it's like, yeah. round man is there and another well dressed man and they all meet with Frank inside this building mm-hmm and <clears throat> he takes some pictures of it and he shows it to Sandy and describes it to her and she's like, dude, you're in too deep. And he's like, who cares? Like, this is like, we might, but not, um, he's not even like passionate about it. It's more like, well, I got nothing better to do. Like, yeah. And this whole time they never talk about his dad having a stroke or how long he's going to stay in the town. Yeah. It's kind of like. That gets very swept to the side. Yeah, it does. It's not does. The only time he. But anyway, like, doesn't he come clean to the detective afterwards? And he's no, like, not yet. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll, do, I'll just explain it. Okay. But he gets a little bit more involved. And then he starts, like, going to Dorothy Valen's house, like, more regularly. And he starts, like, getting into a sexual relationship with her and sleeping with her. And there's this one scene where, like, she's asking, they're doing the dirty. And she's like, hit me. And then he, he, he screams, no. He's like, no, I can't do that. And he, like, you see this, like, obviously, like, you don't want to hurt her. Like, that's just your instinct. But, I mean, like, not going to say anything about, like, kinky shaming or whatever, but I don't know. It's just not something that a lot of people would be comfortable with, I guess, is the safest way to say that. Yeah. And that it's not something that comes natural, and I don't, I don't know. Not a fun subject. Yeah. But, anyway, he ends up full-blown punching her in the face. And while he gives her a backhand slap. And then punching her in the face. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, right. it's like it's like brutal. It's not like he's not. It's back. it's like freaking brutal. Like yeah. I I watched that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I not know. a fun movie to watch. And he it goes into this really weird, like surreal. Like they slow everything goes into slow motion, and the voices get really deep, and they like end mm. up and it's weird. Like after he punches her, it cuts to her mouth, and she like makes this little smile. It's like really unsettling. It's like oh my gosh, she loves this. Yeah, like, massive kiss. It's yeah. And so he gets more involved with her, and then one night while he's going and visiting Dorothy, all like all the while he's kind of leading Sandy on, like, "Hey, I, I like you," and he starts kissing her, and so he's two timing, and Sandy's two timing on her boyfriend Mike. So it's like, well, they're both, whatever. Not, they're, yeah, they're not. Neither of them are like really good people. Good people. Although Sandy like represents goodness, she's just not good. Yeah. So anyway, Jeffrey goes over to Dorothy's house one night, and as he's leaving, Frank shows up, and Frank's like, "All right, let's go for a ride," and they end up. He ends up coercing Jeffrey into a ride over to this different drug house, I guess it this would guy, be. This guy, yeah, Mr. Suave. And he Suave. takes Dorothy with. Yeah, his name is Mr. Suave. 
we'll call him Mr. Suave. I forget his name, and I don't know who plays I'm, him. I'm pretty sure that's his name. But that's where Frank does the the infamous "Let's drink to fucking all funk any." I'll yeah, but he also moves. Yes, uh, speech. Jeffrey, what kind of beer are you like? <laughs> Jeffrey says, "Of course, Heineken." <laughs> and you know, Frank, being a real man, says. <laughs> Heineken, fuck that shit. And then Pabst Blue Ribbon. And honestly, like, for that one scene, the whole movie is worth it. Just because it's like... See, this movie is extremely strange, but it's got, like... Frank is a very, like... What's that word? He's very personable as a character, and, like, he really gets into, like, whatever... The actor, Dennis Hopper, like, plays Frank in such... Just, like, this... He really, like, gets the character. I don't know. He's He's got this energy that is hard not to like. It's like, you know that kid in high school he went with that would just blurt out everything he ever thought of? Imagine if that kid was a sadist and ran a drug circle and had a knife. That's Frank. Yeah, yeah. He's very aggressive. Yeah, and loved swearing. Yeah. But anyway, they go into this building. Frank, his entourage, Jeffrey, and Dorothy. And they do the, they have this weird little party thing. Yeah. And start drinking some beer. Frank huffs his thing, and then they play this this different song. I think it's Painted Clown or something. Yeah, yeah. And he has this weird, like, fetish. There's a lot of weird fetishes in this movie, I guess, where whenever, like, a certain song plays, he gets, like, super hyped up. And during during that song scene, he allows Dorothy to go see her. I don't know. I actually think her, her husband's name is Don, and her child's name is Donnie. That, and he allows, yeah. and Frank allows Dorothy to go see her kid, and you see, um, Jeffrey have some sympathy for her, obviously. Yeah. And then Frank's like, "All right, we're leaving," but oh, I forgot. They describe this drug deal that they have going on, where a detective, the detective, the round man, yep. who's actually Detective Williams' partner. Who, yeah. And Detective Williams is who Frank originally brought the ear to. Detective Williams is also Sandy Williams' father. Yep. So De- Detective Williams' partner showed up to a drug bust, shot the drug dealer, took all the drugs, and gave it to Frank and Mr. Suave, and they were selling it, and that was their business. Yeah. And on the and then Dorothy is just this thing on the side, just to, for Frank to get his kicks. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And so Jeffrey overhears all of this. <clears throat> And it's like, ooh, well, I'll use this information. But at the same time, he's kind of scared because he's out here with all these crazy yeah. drug-addled sex crap. Psychos? <laughs> I don't know, just psychos in general. Yeah. Psychotics. Frank, Dorothy, and his entourage leave. They go on this crazy car chase out into the middle of nowhere. And then Frank starts <laughs> doing his thing with Dorothy where he like gets like then he also like hearts come out of his eyes like (laughs) (laughs) after he starts beating her (laughs) and then jeffrey jeffrey i and at this point jeffrey is involved so he's like hey stop it and then frank's like what'd you say like you and then then he starts going at it again and then jeffrey punches frank in the face yep and then there's this really weird scene where Frank oh. pulls Jeffrey out of the car and his entourage holds him still and Frank puts lipstick on and, he, and then kisses Jeffrey all over the face and mouth. And then as he's playing uh, the Painted Clown song... Yep, this, uh, this, this, this... Like, they brought some, like, hooker with them and the hooker... Like, no like, one tells her to or anything. She like, just hops up on the top of the car and starts doing this, like, weird dance. It's a it's really kind of, like, weird dance with, like... It's almost like pre-backpack kid backpack kidding like she just swings her arms 
Yeah. Like, imagine the backpack kid, but instead of swinging his arms side to side, it's just, like, forward and backwards, like, alternating and wiggling your hips. It's, like, really dumb. I don't know why I described it that much. Yeah. But anyway, like, Frank, while this Paint Clown song is playing, like, he's holding, like, a knife up to Jeffrey, right? No, one of the entourages. And he starts huffing his thing, and he's getting his rocks off, and he says, we're the same, you and me. And that's, like, then I was like, oh, all right. Like, I guess there's kind of a theme there where, like, Jeffrey just does whatever he wants, but he just wants more mild things, and Frank just does whatever he wants, and he's a hardcore, like, whatever. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. And then yeah. and then Frank beats the absolute living crap out of Jeffrey well, and leaves there him there. Is, he says, like, one of the lines that I actually really liked is, like, <clears throat> I'm going to send you a fucking love letter. And he's like, you know what a fucking love letter is for me? It's a bullet straight to your heart. It's like, his voice is, like, really good. I don't know why, but he seems, like, super passionate about, like, killing Jeffrey in that moment. And I'm, I don't know, again, like, I don't know why I really like some of the scenes in the movie, but they just, like, the emotional, like, energy and the, whatever it's expressing just, like, is super, like, easy to identify with. But, yeah, they beat the shit out of Jeffrey, and he's, like, he wakes up the next morning, goes home, and he, like, sits on his bed, and he's, like, crying because he's like yeah when he wakes up he has he 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 thinks about the entire situation with the seedy underbelly like apart from sandy and he thinks Mm -hmm. about dorothy and he feels guilt for beating her and he imagines her and her kid and he just cries he just weeps it's honestly my favorite scene in the movie it's when jeffrey weeps it's like the only time you've realized like oh he's actually a person not just a plot device yeah it's yeah it's the only like when like actual character it's the only like characterization in maybe the entire film yeah. Like like real like emotional characterization, not just like, oh, this person is a detective's daughter. This person is crazy. It's the only like really complex like it's the only thing that actually hit me, like emotionally. Yeah, well I feel like Jeffrey it's the only out. emotionally like intimate where the Besides director disgust. is like huh? Besides disgust. Besides disgust. Well, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's the only time when the movie actually gets like the one scene where the movie is like, Okay, uh I'm gonna let you into my into the emotional like intimacy of like anything because everything else is like very distant and cold and it's like i don't give a shit what you think uh here's a rape scene here's <laughs> here's bugs here's some like weird industrial noises and a staircase and this weird flame shot and i swear like, david lynch is obsessed with that staircase i there's oh. one staircase the staircase of Dorothy Valen's apartment, the elevator's broken, so they're always taking the stairs, and they prob- probably, like, 30 minutes of this two-hour movie is spent on that staircase. Oh, yeah, well, you, you know, you gotta walk up, and you gotta walk down. And, and then you gotta see people walking in while you're walking up, and then you gotta run away walking down, and then see somebody halfway, and then run back up, and it's just... I mean, the uh, it's a great staircase. It's, it's really... Is it 30 minutes good? Ah, uh, this movie... It's probably okay. 15. The more we talk about... I'm, I'm, revo- I'm revoking my rating. It got, this movie went from a 3 out of 10 to a 2 out of 10 since we oh. started this conversation. Oh. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know what? This is not that it's, good. It's, I, I actually, it's now a 9. <laughs> it's, it might even go up to a 10 if we keep talking. I, maybe we should just, I mean, we might as well stop if you... You're down this rabbit hole, man. Uh, I love this rabbit hole. Anyway, Jeffrey wakes up. And he brings all of his evidence to Detective Williams. Detective Williams is like, all right, stay out of this. Sandy better not be involved. He's like, and then Sandy and Frank, not Frank, Sandy and Jeffrey go on a date. And then while they're at the house, Detective Williams is there and he sees his <clears throat> partner, Mr. Roundman, who's also involved in the drugs. And ob- obviously Jeffrey told Detective Williams about his partner and Jeffrey gets all wide-eyed and Detective Williams is like, all right, calm down. And at this point in the movie, I was like, oh, dude, Williams is in on it. Turns mm-hmm. out he's not. Yeah. But 
they go out, <clears throat> go to some dance, and they're like falling in love, whatever. They kiss and dance, and it's like, all right, this is kind of whatever. I don't really care. Yeah. They come back. They're driving back home, and this car starts chasing them, and they think it's Frank, and they freak out, but then it turns out it's Sandy's ex-boyfriend, Mike. So they stop the car in front of Jeffrey's house, and Mike is like, I'm going to kick your ass for stealing my girl. And you're like, all right, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. And then Dorothy is naked and beaten at in front of Jeffrey's house. And so like they like Mike is like, Who's that? Who's that naked, beaten woman in front of your house? And then Is that your mom? Yeah, he says, Which, Is that your mom or something? Very like insensitive. That. Very insensitive, <laughs> yes. And then Jeffrey goes and he's like kinda of like shrugs him off and goes and takes care of her and brings him at the car. And then they bring him over to the Williams household. Yeah. And remember at this point Sandy knows nothing about Jeffrey and Dorothy's relationship. And so when they get to the house, Dorothy is naked and clinging to Jeffrey and like, hold me, love me, please. Like, Jeffrey, yeah, be she, there for me. And she Sandy's, screams like, love me. And yeah, Sandy's face just turns into like abject horror. She's well, like, the exact phrase that Dorothy says is, he puts his seed in me. <laughs> this really weird Russian accent. And I was yeah. like, where did the Russian accent come from? I guess she kind of had it the whole movie, but you like forget about it. Yeah, it's not so... Thick. She lays it's it like, on, and, it's, and it's, she's probably slurring from being beaten while naked. I don't know how she even like got there. And yeah. Sandy has a breakdown, and it's like, "Oh, you cheated on me!" And it's like, "Well, but you cheated on Mike." Like, mm, but karma, then it's also like karma's a bitch. You're all disgusting <laughs> people, and I really don't like any of you. Yeah, there's no good characters. Anyway, hmm. and Dorothy explains to Jeffrey that they have her son and her husband. And by this time, Detective Williams has planned a raid on the drug house that Jeffrey staked out. So Jeffrey goes over to Dorothy's apartment. On the way, she call, he calls Sandy, and Sandy's like, I forgive you. We can make this work. I still love you. And it's like, dude, girl, I don't know about that. Like, but he, this is one... Mess. She kind of represents, like, goodness in the movie, but at the same time, it's like... She's, like, extremely sentimental. But we got to wrap this up real quick. It's getting kind of long. So okay. Jeffrey goes over to the apartment while Detective Williams is doing the raid walks into the apartment and he sees round man there and i don't even know what round man was doing but he it looked like he had a piece of brain on his head and he was just standing there completely still blood coming out of his mouth he's like propped up he is dead Must be or something yeah he's dead and then you see a guy taped to a chair with his ear cut off and a bullet through his head and you're like oh that must be mr don yeah and then he's what jeffrey walks around the house and as he's walking out of the house it's interesting there's one change in jeffrey is he says, I guess I'll let the other people find you like this. And then he goes to walk out. Yeah. And as he's walking down the infamous staircase, he sees the well-dressed man. And he's like, who's this well-dressed man that was meeting with the detective? And then as the well-dressed man makes eye contact with him midway on the staircase, you see that it's Frank in a mustache and a fake hat. And yeah. A fake mustache and a hat and a suit. And he's like, Jeffrey freaks out and runs up the staircase. And then it shows Frank running up the staircase. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah. and then they get, Jeffrey runs into the <clears throat> Dorothy's apartment, locks the doors and tries to hide, tries to call Detective Williams on the police radio, realizes that Frank has a police radio, and then he misleads Frank and says, I'm hiding in the bedroom, and then he runs and hides in the same closet that he started in. Frank comes in and says, hey, you dumb fuck, you fucking dumb shit, you dumb fuck, fuck shit, you dumb shit, I have a radio, you dumb fuck, Who now you're gonna character die. character development when you have swearing it's stupid <laughs> truly and then as frank walks into the back room into the bedroom where he thinks frank is but turns out frank is not a dumb fuck fuck shit <laughs> thought ahead you mean jeffrey yeah jeffrey, jeffrey is, is not, not a, a dumb, dumb fuck fuck shit 
thought I had hid in the closet. <laughs> said he was in yeah. the bedroom because he realized that Frank had a radio. Yeah. And he grabs the pistol from the standing detective yeah who's also who's like dead somehow the random the round man yeah and he hides back in the closet and then frank walks back into the main hallway and he's like oh you're in the closet and then frank opens the closet after huffing a couple times of course getting hyped up he's rubbing his blue velvet his lucky blue velvet like whatever he's 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 getting excited now opens the closet door and it shows his face like surprised and then jeffrey shoots frank in the head and he's dead and then that's the end of the plot literally him shooting frank just solved everything like yeah, it actually does. Like, Frank is the ticket in and the ticket out. Yeah, and it magically... And then Sandy comes in first for some reason. Big plot hole. Why would she lead the SWAT team raid? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. And then Detective Williams. Detective Williams, whoever played him, was really bad in this movie. He wasn't... His he was very, line like, delivery was very poor. Yeah, it was flat. Yeah. And then they cut to a shot of Jeffrey sitting in the sun, and he sees a robin. Well, and then next door, Detective Williams is talking with his dad. And he's like, <laughs> Jeffrey Lilly says something like, hey, dad. And then his dad is like, I'm all better now. He's <laughs> like, good real. thing. It's really like, that's the way they tie it up. Or that's yeah, the way Lynch really, ties it up. It's super dumb. And then like they see a robin eating a bug. And then he walks inside. And then they show the robin again. And then it shows like. The robin's like eating a bug. And they're all like, oh, the robin and the love is here. And the grandma is like. The robin has a bug in its mouth, and the grandma's like, oh, I don't know how anything would get a bug. And then literally, like, moments later, it sticks this weird, like, bug-looking thing into her mouth. You're like, literally, what the fuck is going on? I don't understand any of this shit. And that's how the movie ends. It's like, yeah, right, whatever. Uh, or no, it goes – it's actually a little bit of parallelism where the beginning shot is sort of like this weird sequence where you have, like, uh, red roses, a white fence, and, a, like, a blue sky – and then it shows this guy on, like, he's waving robotically on a fire truck. And there's also, like, a shot of yellow daisies. And it sort of, like, repeats that shot at the very end. What, what does it mean? I don't know what it means. It's it just sort mean, of... It doesn't mean See, anything. Okay, I think the movie is kind of... Now that we're at the end of the plot, let me talk about what I think the movie is. Make it quick. We're at 50 minutes. Sorry, people. That, if you're still listening to this, good on you. <laughs> yeah, like, holy Do not shit. watch this movie. <laughs> watch this movie? <laughs> if you dare... <laughs> <laughs> if you're strong enough <laughs> sorry uh, but anyway I think this movie is a bit of a closed loop it's sort of like nothing happens but that's like it's this weird like I don't know I really like it because it feels more like an escape from reality rather than just like a straight up like oh here's this like story this other world that you can inhabit it's like it's it's an uncanny valley the whole movie is just like slightly off where it's like Everything turns out okay, but nothing really changes. So it's like you don't really get the satisfying happy Except ending. Dorothy's husband is dead, but she is reunited with her child. Yeah, I and mean, it ends on the phrase "I still see blue velvet through my tears" as Dorothy looks up into the sky with this weird, like half pain, half joy face. Yeah, it's. I don't know if I could convince anybody to watch this movie. It's just for like it's a good experience. Don't or, watch okay, this movie. Not a good experience. It's not a good experience. There's rape and just terrible things. It's an experience, which is <laughs> way more than I can say for most movies. Thor Ragnarok. Or sorry, actually, I don't know. There, I want to speak like generally and not reference things directly, like a whole bunch. But anyway. Like, with most movies, you can kind of watch them and forget them, and it's like, oh, that was okay, but, like, I will never forget Blue Velvet. Like, if you want something, you will remember, if only because it's just, like, 
I'll also never forget the time I like broke my clavicle, but that doesn't mean it was a good experience that I want to have you, again. I I don't know. I I just want to. I don't know. It's something else. If you're looking for experience, not necessarily good ones. I guess this is the movie for you. Yeah, like definitely. If you're looking for things that like make you feel good about yourself, not even good, good about yourself, but like decent that make you look deeper into the human condition. Well, I guess it almost does that, but it does it in a really bad way. Mm. And it's like, come on. But I had a dream, and the dream was darkness, and the darkness was cured by robins, but they represented love, but also like it's, light. It's like... It's supposed to be bad, though. Oh, it doesn't even, like, do that right then. Huh? Look at Rubber, or, like, Sharknado 1 through 5. That's, Not, that's intentionally being bad. Different. But, bad not bad as in like not bad as in like funny bad but bad as in like just like shitty characters the characters are supposed to be shitty like they're not supposed to move on or develop because they're shitty people i feel like that's kind of like well they're not even like they're not even like shitty people like detective williams is not a shitty person neither is his father or his mother or his aunt i mean they're not even like like sandy williams like sandy williams is just kind of like an average person i guess yeah i don't know frank is like terrible ugh yeah. Frank is, like, the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, yeah. But other than that... A lot of the... And Jeffrey's kind of like, well, dude, come on. I don't know. I feel like they're bad in, like, this weird way in that, like, with... Frank is, at the very least, the best thing about him is that he's not just floating. Everybody else kind of just, like... Yes, he... That's kind of the whole point. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is that he is floating. Who? Frank. Frank? Yes! You I think remember- Frank's floating? Yes, he's he- floating. He just does whatever. That's the whole point. And he says, "You and I are the same, Jeffrey." They like literally have no idea what they're doing, and they just do whatever they feel like. Yeah, but I feel like I don't know. He at least has he knows what he's about. No. Jeffrey pretends to be about something else. You- Frank is at the very least kind of honest. That's what I like more than anything about Frank is that he's fucking honest. That's a rare quality to see in like. Most movie characters. Laura is not, or Sandy is not honest. Jeffrey's not honest. He's like, he Jeffrey's tries to like honest. slide around like this weird thing that he's doing. He knows he's, or he might know he's wrong, but he probably does like underneath all of his like, oh, this is cool. It's like, dude, you're weird. Stop. I disagree with saying most characters aren't honest. No. Yeah, I guess that's I think, true. I mean, like even just in this movie, Detective Williams is honest. Dorothy is honest. Um... Well, Frank is honest. Um, the suave guy is honest. Yeah, I don't know. The mom guess... is honest. The dad is honest. Hmm. If you, if they're not, if they're even characters enough, like they're not even characters. They have like three lines. Yeah. The grandma is honest. The black guy is honest. I don't know. It just doesn't. I don't know. They're more. It feels like Frank is made very real by like his intensity. I guess that's more what I mean, rather than the honesty. But, like, but are they people like... really that intense, though? I love intense people. I know, but like, are they like? Do they really exist? Anyway, probably. Yeah, I guess let's we'll wrap, wrap this up. up. Yeah. If you... if you ever decide to watch this movie, just Don't. be prepared for some crazy shit. <laughs> and... Sorry. Oh, also, I have an email now. Oh. What is written podcast at gmail dot com? If you have any suggestions, you have any questions. Literally, if we get any email to that email address, I will read it out loud and post it on iTunes for you guys. But anyway, yeah, we'll do like a fan reader mail episode. 
If we, if, it'll be like five minutes. Long. There'll be like maybe two emails from my mom and I. I oh God, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this. Oh yeah, <laughs> not this one. This one, tread carefully. Don't even listen to this. All right, I'm Daniel, and I'm Carter, and this is man. What, what is written? written?